Takeoff 2022 is a go. Now presented by 72 Souls and Dakota Brewing. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. Final hour of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. Oh, the microphone just broke. This will be an interesting segment. Wolf, do you see what's going on here? Just, you know, right, I'm yeah, just going to lean down here. Goes right there. It's really I'm difficult. I'm sit on the floor like I'm in kindergarten to do this segment. You know who used to break it all the time, too, was Paul. Paul Calvisi used to break that thing all the time. I don't think he broke it this time. When we can blame him there, if he, Oh, if there was a microphone, Paul grabs it and he just rips it all over the place. And before you know it, it's broke. It. Maybe maybe that's like Paul's way of like living out his rock and roll dream is to like grab the microphone like he's on stage. Yeah. Either way, whoever <laughs> yeah. broke it, I just fixed it. Um, all right. So, Wolf, we're going to talk about the depth chart here. All right. But before I, I actually I want to give you credit for talking about Paul and not mentioning squeegees yeah, or right, whiteboards exactly. or any. Anything. Not at all. Look man. at you taking the high road yep, as we get closer course. to the season. Yeah. What do you mean? Of course. Got thick eyebrows. <laughs> Uh, the depth chart for Game 2 against Baltimore is out. And I want to read you something from CBS, Wolf. They went through and they did one thing they learned about each team after Week 1. Okay? Okay. The thing they learned about the Arizona Cardinals, Andy Isabella is raising his trade stock. So now I'm going to go back to something you have said a few times this offseason. Yeah. Maybe there's a time time sign. Maybe mm. there's more than one. Or maybe you address a need with a trade. Are we getting to the point where, because we've got a lot of receivers on this team, where you might be able to get cornerback help or whatever kind of help you feel like you need with the trade of a guy like Andy Isabella. If Yo. He's going to have to have more games like he did in the opener, obviously. And it wasn't like he you know, was the talk of the NFL right. in the opener. Right. No, you're, you're absolutely right about that. Um, is there a possibility? Do I see a scenario where Andy Isabella is actually on the Arizona Cardinals roster, the 53? I do see that scenario that is out there depending, obviously, um, on a number of things. The first, of course, is the fact that you've got DeAndre Hopkins who's going to serve a six-game suspension. That's one of the reasons why. Now, you'd also have to keep six receivers. Um, that's going to be really interesting to see how that shakes out. But to your point in regard about Andy Isabella possibly being traded, um, yeah, I, I just don't know how much value is going to be there for obvious reasons because there are general managers that can look at the Arizona Cardinals roster and look at the wide receiver room and say, you guys are in trouble and you know you're kind of in trouble because you got a jam-packed room. That guy, you're going to have to let walk, aren't you? You're going to have to cut him. We're not going to give up anything to get him. That's that's the problem right now. Now, he's going to totally have a chance of changing that narrative, to your point, if he plays really, really well this Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens and flashes again and then Gets another chance against the Tennessee Titans and does it again. Yeah, because he has looked good in camp. We were talking about that going into the, the the first preseason game, and that means nothing on Sundays. I get that. And it also really means nothing as far as a trade, because if you were trying to trade him to Denver, let's say, not that Denver needs a receiver, but I'm just throwing out a team, sure. they don't see what he's doing in Cardinals camp anyway. So he needs to put together more good film in these preseason games. The uh, Let me read you the write-up real quick from CBS. They say the Cardinals gave former second-round pick... 
uh, Andy Isabella permission to seek a trade earlier this offseason after this weekend Arizona may get some calls. While the young slot wideout caught just one pass all year in 2021, he caught four for 57 in week one of the preseason. He didn't have much trouble finding a way to get open, and some team is sure to notice, or maybe the Cardinals even decide to keep Isabella and figure out a role for him. Now, you kind of went down that path. Yeah. They would probably have to keep six receivers beyond Hopkins. So, again, big picture, when Hopkins comes back, you're not going to be able to keep six other receivers and Hopkins. So, if you know that he's not part of your future, wouldn't you try to trade him if you could? Yes, you would. If, in fact, you're going to say he's not part of your future right there. Um, There's just not a lot of room. I, I know, but again, it's how many people are going to look at that, depending on how he plays again over the next couple of games, and say, you know, yeah, we're going to give you up. Um, uh, we're we're going to give you a corner that could actually get an awful lot of playing time for you um, for a receiver who may not get a lot of playing time for us. Yeah, it's, it's got to be a team that loves Isabella. Exactly right. That is the problem. So, yeah, Andy Isabella, um, I'm excited for him because this is the most positive I've heard anybody talk about Andy Isabella over at the facility. So they are excited that he's actually making some plays, but whether or not he can make enough to actually make the roster, that remains to be seen. Um, one of the other fascinating things is as the depth chart is concerned, is there at right guard is Will Hernandez. Once again, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Will Hernandez, you have to remember, uh, played very, very well in the first game, played well last week, did a great job as far as I'm concerned. But you've got Will Hernandez now with Sean Kugler. And Sean Kugler actually had Will Hernandez in college and coached him in college. But it's his fourth offensive line coach in the last four years. Why is Will Hernandez? I'm sitting here thinking, why? They're putting Will Hernandez back on the depth chart where he's going to go out. He's going to get reps once again. How many reps he's going to get? I don't know. But maybe it's going to be over a quarter. Maybe it's going to be a half. I I don't know. But Will Hernandez is a guy that I'd be looking at as though, oh, my God goodness um he's a starter we need to we need to sit you down with the rest of the starting offensive line because you're going to be good you know what's interesting about that maybe it's a situation where you've got Sean Kugler trying to tr- trying to coach up Will Hernandez and train him in a way where he's trying to break some bad habits possibly trying to actually get him to do things the way Coogs wants them done yeah. here because he has had four coaches in four years no that would make some sense and and Kugler obviously has that connection to him all the way back from college yes. so if you're Sean Kugler you have this unique perspective on Will Hernandez of Okay, I saw you when you were in college, and then you went off to the NFL, and I haven't, you know, I've seen you from afar, but now here I am working with you again, and maybe to your point, Wolfie's like, where did you learn to do this? Yeah. Or, you know, why, why did you pick up this tendency? Here's we're going to play you, I'm going to mold you again. Yes, you know, and you watch the tape, and this is where you really learn, Basinonians, this is where you learn, by putting the silks on, and going out and going live. It's the only way you can actually get better, is to play the game of football. It's the only way you're going to get better. And do it live. And do it when it matters, when it counts. 
that's when you can actually take it and then watch it on tape. And that's when coaching really happens. It really isn't out on on, on the field. I, I, I mean, does it happen out of the field? Yes, it does. Does it happen in games? Yes, it does. Does it happen in practice? Yes, it does. But the the area I learned the most about the game of football was watching tape with my coach. And that's what I think we're seeing with Will Hernandez. One of the reasons why they want to continue to get him reps in games is so that Cougs can, can coach him. When we come back, become a champion of hope. It's a chance to bring a little bit of joy to a child working hard to get well. The Giveathon Week for Phoenix Children's will continue. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The Giveathon for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Auction Indian community. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station and the Arizona Sports App. Giveathon on the Wolf and Luke Show. That is the Giveathon for Phoenix Children's, presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Auction Indian community. Wolf, we've uh, coming up. Uh, we're going to get a tote here in a little bit as well, so we're going to be able to catch everybody up with where they are. Uh, the Desert Financial Phone Bank is open right now six zero two nine three three four five six seven. They are taking your calls. If there's just you know four or five of you driving around right now that you feel like you can contribute, it really does go a long way, and it really makes a huge difference in these children's lives and their families' lives as well. No doubt about it. Um, the Giveathon, this is our 12th year of doing it right now. Being a partner of Phoenix Children's, pick up the phone and call 602-933-4567. Also want to thank uh, Zia Records. Let's give them a thanks. They just donated $2,500 as well, Wolf. So oh, we continue. beautiful. Yeah, it's, I love Zia thank Records. Thank you, Zia. Yeah, it's, that's a solid. That's a flashback to ASU right there. Yeah, um, so that's big. And uh, certainly all donations, like I said, any of them, anything you can do, make Makes a huge difference. 602-933-4567. It's a, an opportunity to become a champion of hope. And uh, $20 or more per month or $240 uh, at once makes a huge difference for the um, the hospital itself. It's time for another story of hope presented by Madame Holmes. Just two weeks before his second birthday, Lucas was airlifted to Phoenix Children's in critical condition after an accident in the swimming pool at his family's home. Despite the best efforts of his care team at Phoenix Children's, he passed away after several days on life support. This is Lucas's story. I know for me, I thought it it couldn't ever happen to me. Like, this isn't going to happen to me. As parents, Anthony and I, we see things different. And um, to be just aware of, I mean, not live in fear, but just be aware that it can. It can happen. The moment when I, when I got the call. My son um, had an accident. We had a, a lot of amazing doctors and nurses, and we have an amazing grief counselor through Phoenix Children's Hospital, Amanda Grace, the music therapist who helped our two daughters through the passing of their brother. A lot of gratefulness, too, for Phoenix Children's and all that they continue to do for the four of us. The comfort for me was having first responders there. Um, it's really given me uh, an appreciation, respect. They're superheroes. And then those out of Phoenix Children's, the strength they have, because um, we're not strong in that. We speak with Amanda just about every other week. 
when we first started meeting with her, the grief was intense and something we never thought that we would go through. So it was very dark, it felt like, and very lonely. And Amanda just helped us, helped us understand what we were going through and that it was okay what we were going through and how to honor him and remember him to where now that we, you know, we can see light at the end of the tunnel. We even got to go to a um, remembrance for any families who had lost children. And it was incredible for us to go and know that, I mean, because when you lose your child, you feel very alone, but you're not. To know that you're not alone was so helpful. Phoenix Children's put that on. You expect to leave a hospital with your baby, you know, in hand. And I told Anna Sarah when we had that news, and we were gathering our belongings and not our son. We birthed him to heaven. We need to hold our head up high and honor everyone that gave their best because this is what is best. Well, you, you hear them, you, Wolf. You brought it up earlier in the week, and it just continues to resonate. the uh, The families too. It's not just uh-huh. the kids; it's the kids first and foremost, but it's the families as well. And you hear Lucas's family right there. It's just a very, it's just a very real thing. It's a very human, uh, you know, emotion when you hear them talking. Yeah, you know, it's just man. Can we play that music right now? Can we do that, please? That's so difficult. You hear the music. What does that mean, Luke? Well, if that means we are in a match right now. So if you're able to call 602-933-4567 and make a donation, become a champion of hope, whatever you can do, Red Bird Farms Chicken is going to match your donation. So double your uh, double your bang for your buck right there. You know, it's just amazing because there's Phoenix Children's, right? And they're always there when we need Phoenix Children's. If, in fact, God forbid, you're ever going to need Phoenix Children's, they're there. There. And then the people that are there, the incredible care that they receive. And then even when you lose somebody like Lucas, even when you lose a child, they're still there for you with grief counseling. Yeah. Amanda, God bless you, Amanda. Pick up the phone and call 602-933-4567. Rally around these families with a pocket full of cash. 602-933-4567. Yeah, you mentioned the grief counseling. Over 70 programs at Phoenix Children's, and they are mostly funded either entirely or partially by philanthropy. You said the grief counseling, there's art therapy, music therapy, animal-assisted therapy, one darn cool school. Uh, there's a bunch of other ones. I mean, obviously, there's more than 70, but a lot of those programs that make this a different hospital experience, uh, they, they come from philanthropy, and and that's where you come in at 602-933-4567. So much of the time, too, I, I know because we're all humans, and yet at the same time, you're thinking to yourself, you know, Wolf, what, what, what difference am I really, truly going to make? You're going to make a huge difference. You are. 
$20 a month. That's all you need to do. Commit to that. $20, $20 a month, man. $240 a year. Become a champion of hope and suddenly there's a teddy bear that we're going to take up to some child that is fighting cancer right now and, and you're going to hand that child a teddy bear and you're going to sit there and hold on to that thing and hang on to that and hug that teddy bear and it's going to help them get through their chemo for 20 bucks a month man can you do that my brothers and sisters can you do that 20 dollars a month right now so a child can hang on to that teddy bear as they're getting chemo 602-933-4567 a month you become a champion of hope you become a beacon of hope to a child and to their family 602-933-4567 we're looking for $20 a month and I know that you're listening right now you've heard this before but you are listening and we're talking to you we need you to get on board 602-933-4567 yeah and just to build on that $20 a month right now becomes 40 you don't have to put in any more than 20 but you put in 20 Redbird Redbird Farms is going to match it so it'll be 40 if you call right now alright well if this sound right here means it is time to go to the tote board and figure out where we are this is basically the exact halfway point of the week right this is um our final segment that we're going to be doing this of the show today, but we'll obviously be doing it tomorrow and Friday. Uh, Burns and Gambo coming up. The number that we are at right now for the week, $819,000. $819,848. Don't want to forget that. Right about nice $820,000. That's fantastic right there. 602-933-4567, man. Pick up the phone and call. Rally around these kids with a pocket full of cash. That is a a nice number right there. Again, I'm just going to keep saying this. I am blown away by the generosity of our listeners on an annual basis. Nearly $820,000, and it is Wednesday. All right, that sound means it is time for the Train Teddy Bear Express, Wolf. So as you have said, this is your chance to become a champion of hope, $20 a month, and a teddy bear is going to be delivered to a patient in your name. You'll receive your choice of a kid's pass at Wildlife World Zoo or a cobblestone car wash as well. All right, when we come back, the NBA schedule release was just about an hour, hour and a half ago. Kellen Olson's going to join us, tell us what he thinks about the Suns' schedule. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Well, if I didn't know our next guest was joining us in studio, but the NBA schedule comes out and all of a sudden Kellen Olsen appears and uh, he has walked through the studio door. He's over there wearing Yeah, he appears all right. Um, A large man, Kellen, walking in here and he seems to be getting taller. I don't know what it is. Fair cut. 
Is that? No. Probably, yeah. Come on, man. You're walking around. Suddenly, there's a shadow that comes over Studio Shangri-La. I sound so cool and, like, mythical right now. Like, yeah. I just appear out of thin air. I'm this gigantic human. Like, this is so cool. He is, you've, you've described, what was the dude that uh, Herm Edwards was looking for? Mandrake? You just described Mandrake. <laughs> I'm killing his man. Yeah, killer running into the darkness. Um, okay, so your first reaction to the Phoenix Suns and the schedule release, what did you think? Uh, I'm really bummed that we have to wait two more months for basketball. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> I, I really tire myself out, obviously, with uh, especially with the last two years because of how the pandemic affected their schedule. Now they're back to a regular uh, mid-October start, like I, I believe like late April, early April is when somewhere in there where it normally ends. So it was it was like a daunting task for two years with the limited, limited off-season, all that kind of stuff. And now we're just kind of back to that regular clock. And like before we were getting like these two months and that was it. And then basketball is back. It's like there's two more months after this is what we're normally used to. Uh, it's the same reaction to any other schedule. There are certain little tidbits that we can get into. But I think like just the main thing that I noticed from the jump is that five of their first seven games are against the teams that they very well might be competing with in the Western Conference to win it. Uh, they play the Clippers. They play the Warriors, the Timberwolves, uh, the Pelicans. And then there's one more that, that I'm forgetting. But they... they face like really prime Dallas is the other one uh, five teams that could very well be the other five teams that join them and getting those top six spots in the West and they get to judge it against those teams early and all of those teams have very interesting notes about them John Wall on the Clippers I'm going to be very interested to see how he looks at the start of the year of course the Pelicans with Zion uh, there's a lot of intrigue there for sure at the start of the year Kellen Olsen joining us in studio Kellen what uh, you know how you get the schedule and you're like okay when do they play this team Wh- which team now jumps out to you because for me I, I, honestly it it's Dallas at this point. And we knew about the opener on October 19th, but I immediately went and looked and found the other three times they're going to play Dallas this season. I, I think New Orleans and Minnesota were, were the two for me, and those are two of the teams that they'll play in the first seven games. I think New Orleans, uh, Willie Green is in a really interesting position where he did such a great job in his first year as the head coach. And I, I phrased it in the in the story on ArizonaSports.com as recreating the magic that he found from the postseason. They got eliminated in six games, but we all watched the games and just saw there's something special happening there. But now you bring Zion into the fold, which should be easy. He's one of the 15, 20 best players in the league already when he's fully healthy and he's so young still. But it just changes the dynamic of their team. So I'm really interested to see how long it takes for them to kind of figure all of that out because it really snapped into place when CJ McCollum came in uh, at the trade deadline. And then Minnesota speaks for itself with Rudy Gobert. Like, how is Rudy Gobert and Carlton Towns going to look together? From a son's perspective, Chris Paul is going to put Rudy Gobert in a ball screen until he can no longer stand pretty much like he is just going to really test those two bigs over and over again and the Suns are have always been the type of team with Monty Williams where they will really relentlessly target something if they see something in a defense that is a weak spot and for Minnesota it's the fact that they have two bigs they're going to see how they move early and again it's just one of those like little basketball intricacies that I'm excited to see so when you look at the schedule right now um and you think of the Phoenix Suns do you think they're going to win 64 games again I think 64 is a really high number. I think that they're going to have the most wins in the Western Conference again. I'll go that far. I think they're going to win 55 plus. I think they're going to get the number one seed again. Uh, I'm not sure how it's going to go, uh, but there were two different parts of the schedule that really stood out to me that are going to be positives for them. 12 of their first 19 games are at home. They only have two back-to-backs in that stretch, and both of them are at home. 
So, Wolf, you know how important it is to just get, like, you get to practice somewhere else, yeah. like in New Orleans or Minnesota or whatever. Maybe you just, like, have a couple shoot-arounds, really, for, like, two weeks to really get practice. They're going to be able to be at their own facility getting practice in early in the season. This is a group that won't really need it based on the continuity that they have. But with that in mind, it's always nice to be at home for that specific reason. Obviously, from a travel perspective, too, it, it really works because they only go on three road trips over those first 19 games. One of them is just to Portland and L.A., and then they're back home. One is a solo trip to Utah, and then they take a tough four-game stretch that goes out east. But one real, quote-unquote, road trip over the course of the first two months of the season, yeah. six weeks of the season, is a really great boost for them. And then the other one is that they have a 15-game stretch from, I believe, mid-November to uh, 2023, the end of the year. And it's 15 games where they do not have more than two days off in a row in between games. So it's day off, game, day off, game, game, day off, game. Stretches like that, and that might sound daunting, but to go back to what I was talking about earlier with how the schedule kind of crumbled together the yeah. last two years, you guys will remember the, what was it 18 in a row for the franchise record last year? Mm-hmm. That included one of those stretches. It had 14 games in a row where they didn't have a two-day break in between any of those games, and they won all of them. And, and they've been a terrific team over those kinds of stretches, so there are two little pockets in the first like 30, 40 games, Wolf, where they're going to have two different opportunities to really find themselves, if they need to, which I, I don't think they will. I think they're going to hit the ground running. Yeah, they, the one thing I noticed, too, they got a 23-game stretch from December 4th to the mid-January um, 16th, yes. January 16th, about six weeks right there, where they have 16 games, 16 on the road, 16 yeah. of those 23 right there. But you know what? When you think of the Phoenix Suns, you think of them being such a great road team, right? That's the one thing about it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that gives you a, a lot of comfort as well when you look at that. Uh, Kellen, here's the other thing. Maloney pointed this out earlier. Uh, the, the first time they will play Brooklyn with either Kevin Durant and or Kyrie Irving or none of these guys is, of course at the Footprint Center on January 19th, two or four days after DeAndre Ayton is eligible to be traded should he allow a trade. So I don't think the NBA necessarily went that far to do that intentionally, but that's an interesting little plot twist. It is. Yeah, you can you can sit here and kind of make your own theories over it. Like the Knicks and the Jazz play each other, I believe, in like early November, like right off the bat at the start of the year. Of course, there's a Donovan Mitchell rumors there. And then I believe that the other meeting that they have, because they're West and East, so they only play twice, is like either right at the trade deadline or right after the trade deadline. So there are little things in there you can kind of theorize for sure. But, I mean, the schedule, I, I spoke optimistically about it, but they're playing in the Western Conference, and, and it's going to be a gauntlet. That stretch that you mentioned, Wolf, I highlighted one in between that, which is that they have 13 games in 25 days. Ten of those, I believe, are on the road, and that includes three games against Memphis, two against the Nuggets, two against the Cavaliers, who are a great team. They play the Heat, they play the Warriors, they play a lot of really tough, challenging teams. And to your point, one that I would schedule is their first game at Denver. I believe that is the Christmas game, if I I remember correctly, but you guys will remember the last game in Denver. That was the Amir Coffee game where they showed a picture of Amir Coffee while Devin Booker was being introduced. It said Devin Booker was actually Amir Coffee. Book took that personally, used it as motivation. You'll remember that game. I, I remember. Wait, Book took something personally and used yeah. it as motivation? Hold on. Okay. Shocking. Right, yeah. I, I know. But he had like this attitude about him, and the team did in, in that game as well. That was the second game of a back to back. And to go back to the Road Warriors, specifically, road back to backs were something they were great at, which no team is great at, but they were great at. And you could sense during that game, the Denver crowd was like, oh, we hate these guys. Like, they swept us. <laughs> 
last year and they're doing this to us like it was a 140-130 final. They're starting to really build themselves up as a team that is hated by a couple of certain fan bases. They're, the day before that, remember the game in Minnesota? Carl Anthony Towns says That's the two right. shorts to Jay Crowder. That's Devin right. Booker goes nuts, dunks on D'Angelo Russell, yells at him as he goes down the floor. They're getting booed off the floor. That was his buddy. That was his buddy, yeah. He said he has no friends after that. And so there are a lot of just like road games against Western Conference foes that I'm going to be looking at and just kind of seeing, gauging the temperature a bit because I'm sure it'll be rowdy in Dallas. I'm sure it'll be rowdy in New Orleans after the playoffs, but there were a couple in the regular season too that stood out. Kellen Olson, great stuff as always, man. I'm sure you're probably doing important work, but uh, we had to pull you in here and talk about this. Very important work always. I'm, I'm such an important person around this office that is always working whenever he is here and never not doing anything that is related to ArizonaSports.com. What a great website. <laughs> and I would assume right, the power is going to go out if you don't get back out there. Yeah. All right, thanks, Kellen. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, we're going to hear from Hollywood Brown. He spoke after practice today. We will react next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. All right, final segment of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. Wolf, this is a guy that we haven't really heard much from yet since he joined the Arizona Cardinals, but Hollywood Brown speaking after practice today. So let's start at the one question you knew he was going to get asked about the speeding incident. Uh, and just learn from it. Uh, you know, I'm not a guy to get in trouble, so you know, I just put it in my past and you know, make sure I'm always doing the right things at, at all times. Okay, that's a good start right there. Do we have any more on oh, the speeding got, ticket from uh, Hollywood Brown? Anything we've, else we've that he wanted him. to say? Because I actually heard a cut that Maloney was playing earlier that he was addressing the fact that he, he knows there's a lot of kids who look at him. And because of that, he's disappointed in himself. That is, that's accountability, man. That's what I want to hear, and I love that. Uh, I mean, very disappointed. I mean, I got a lot of kids that look up to me, so I want to set the right example at all times. There it is. Well done, Hollywood. So you knew that that question was going to be the main one. Uh, He was asked that. Certainly you heard the answers right there. Also, look, I mean, how many players do the Cardinals have that are former Ravens going into this game? We've already talked to Trace McSorley and Max Williams this week. Hollywood Brown is certainly a former That's Raven. Right. Uh, and so, naturally, he was asked about, hey, what is going on with this team that has won 21 straight preseason games? Their last preseason loss was 2015. Wherever you are right now, think about what you were doing in 2015. That's the last time the Ravens lost a preseason game. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, when you're on that football I feel regardless of his preseason or regular season, you want to be on the winning side of things. So, uh, you know, they take it serious, and I'm pretty sure we're taking it serious here, and we're going to try to, you know, end that. Okay, so there's no really secrets given there by Hollywood as to why they're they're 21 and 0 in the preseason right now. No, you know what? Uh, they take it seriously. What else, Hollywood? What else is going on did, with John uh, Harbaugh? Did yeah? Well, nobody's given that in. Maybe it's it can't just be a weird coincidence, just, right? I mean, we're talking not about a seven years almost. You're you're playing guys longer, right? That's what you're doing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, are you? Are you threatening guys with their jobs? <laughs> Is, I don't know if John Harbaugh doesn't strike me to be that type of guy. Um, yeah, he's a tough-nosed head coach, no 
doubt. But is he really doing that? He's threatening dudes with their jobs if they don't go out and play well? I, you know, I watched the Lions Hard Knocks last night, and it looked like they just ran their first-team offense out there. And I'm talking about established players, all right, obviously. He's, obvi- he's going to threaten everybody with their job when you're trying to make a team. I understand that. But there's a big difference between doing it with an undrafted free agent and doing it with a guy that's been a starter for you for four years. Uh, Hollywood also talked about being excited to see some of his former teammates. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been joking around with my friends back out there. Uh, it's just going to be uh, excited to see some of them guys, you know, who I built relationships with and, um, you know, probably grab a dinner or something. It is weird that they have so many former Ravens and they're playing the Ravens in the second week of the yeah. preseason. It just feels like every player we talk to or hear from this week on the Cardinals is like, oh, yeah, I remember my time in Baltimore. Do you have the cut where they asked him where he's getting a lot of the reps, where he is in this offense, and where he's getting a lot of reps. Did, 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 do you have that? I, I have this one labeled on where he is learning the offense, okay, so let's nice. try this one. Uh, it's going good. Uh, I think probably this week has been the first week I've been on the field with him, and it was you know, just how it was you know, back in, back in OU, so it was fun. It feels like that was where he is in the process of learning the offense. Yes, where he is and That in was the a process. more median answer. Yeah, that was very, very well played by Hollywood. I think you were expecting like a treasure trove. Of exactly. Well, right well what do you mean? Are you, you know, where are you lining up? Where are they? Are you lining up in the slot a lot? Is that what you're doing, that. Hollywood? He's not giving me that. Uh, he also talked about the first six games that are coming up, starting with that one in, at home against the Chiefs on September 11th. First six games, of course, without DeAndre Hopkins. It affects the whole team, but it especially affects the receivers and maybe more than anybody else, it affects Hollywood Brown. I mean, Man, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a big part. I mean, I watched a lot of film of last year, and you know he was a big part of the offense. So for everybody around since I've been here, is you know step up. You know guys, Rundell, even Dorch, um, guys want to step up. They want to make their mark, and you know my job is you know come in, you know make it easier on everybody, and do the best I can. So when Hop does come back, you know they're gonna have a lot to think about. Everybody make sure they mention Dorch. Have you noticed that? I feel like yeah. it's like there's like. An edict went out. Like yeah, if you Greg do an Dorch. interview, you bring up Greg Dorch. The Torch. Of course, everyone's calling him that. It's, it's that, kind of, that's not my nickname. I was going to say, if you were his teammate, everybody would that be your nickname for him? calling him the Torch. Um, well, he has torched a lot of people. There are worse, <laughs> worse nicknames. Right now, it's going to be so fascinating, man, to see how this wide receiver room shakes out because they do have a little wiggle room with D Hop and the fact that he's going to miss the first six weeks of the season, of course. So, you know what? How many are they going to keep? I don't know. I have a hard time seeing them keep more than six. There's no way that's going to happen. Um, but still, yeah, there's a lot of decisions that are going to have to be made, and the wide receiver room is going to be A1. You know, I mean, there there have certainly been years where it's like, okay, which five receivers are the Cardinals going to keep? Yeah. And I'm with you. I mean, if you're loaded at that position, you probably, you may have to keep six, and DeAndre Hopkins doesn't count against that because he's obviously suspended. That's the one silver lining. You don't have your best player, but uh, but at least doesn't count against your 53-man roster. But you know, Wolf, the more the more we talk about this, and it's like, okay, can you can you keep four running backs? Can you keep six receivers? 
I mean, defense is where, where the question marks are, right? Yeah. Like I kind of would rather allocate more resources to defense so I could have a few different guys in case one of them doesn't pan it's out. It's just, once again, though, when you're talking about the bottom 13 guys on your roster, you're really talking about who's good playing in transition, who's good with special teams. Greg Dortch is pretty good in special no, teams. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. He does. And he's got a huge advantage because of that. He is, as far as I'm concerned right now, he's the return man for the Arizona Cardinals. He's going to be the kickoff return guy. He's going to be the punt return guy. That's quite a big responsibility. That's a good nickname for a returner. What? The Dorch? Yeah, the Dorch. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good nickname for a return. Yeah. Uh, one more from Hollywood Brown, talking about having the full wide receiver group out there. It was crazy. Uh, just looking across, across the field and seeing these guys and even watching it on film is like crazy. You know, we just got to, you know, make it make sense. And once we out there, you know, it, it looks good, but if we don't perform, it means nothing. Yeah, I hope we get to see that group out there, that, you know, Hollywood Brown, Rondale Moore, no. A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins, because we're not going to get to see them for the first six weeks. You never know if a guy might be hurt coming off that. I want to see what those four can do together. What was the last cut? What was the, did you already play the last cut that I was showing you? Yes. Okay, good. I, did. I played right. all of the cuts. Which one was it again? I don't know. What, We're well, done. it's labeled. We have to go. How do you know? Okay. The last one was about DeAndre Hopkins. There it is. Right it. there. Okay. <laughs> and it all makes sense. Goodbye. Does it make sense? All right. Thanks to Aaron Maloney. Thanks to Jesse Morrison for Wolf. I'm Luke. We've got Burns and Gambo next on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.